Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey everyone, I'm Ian DeBorha, and welcome to IMDb's Movies That Changed My Life, a podcast where your favorite stars break down the films that made them who they are today. This week's guests are hosts of the new podcast, Welcome to the OC Bitches, and the stars of the OC, Belinda Clark and Rachel Bilson. The three of us talk about the impact the OC had on me and my generation of TV viewers as teens, Belinda's love of dancing, Rachel's love of Patrick Swayze, and the movies that changed their lives. If you're enjoying the show and haven't given us a review yet, please do or join the conversation on social media with the hashtag Movies That Changed My Life. Thanks again for listening. Here's Movies That Changed My Life with Melinda Clark and Rachel Bilson. Melinda Clark and Rachel Bilson, welcome to Movies That Changed My Life. Uh, This is a particularly exciting episode for me because I know it's called Movies That Changed My Life, um, but the show that you two are now running a retrospective podcast on that you start on, The OC, is a TV show that absolutely like defined me uh, in high school when I was watching it. And you can see here, I have my OC box set. I even got the <laughs> Blu-ray edition that I frequently turn on. I have my, uh, this might be a deeper cut, but I have my free Marissa shirt <gasps> ready to go. That's awesome. I know. You know, the OC just like defined a whole generation of people my age. I know you talked about your first episode of Welcome to the OC Bitches, mm-hmm. uh, which again is your lovely podcast. You talk about how it defined music, movie taste. Like I wanted to be Seth Cohen. He was like my guy. <laughs> and now you two are bringing it in, inviting all the fans back to OC uh, to relive like our favorite memories of childhood. So thank you so much for, for doing the podcast. Uh, and now that's enough gushing for me on my end, but... Let's talk, uh, Melinda and Rachel. Uh, Why did you want to start the podcast? Why was now the time to bring Welcome to the OC Bitches to the fans all around? Um, You know, we've talked about this a little bit that just, we we had the first conversation last May, like a year ago, and we were full-blown pandemic at home, and this idea came to me, and it sounded like a lot of fun. Um, something to do that was light and just felt happy, and I asked Melinda if she would, like, 
she was willing to do it and we could catch mm-hmm. up and watch the show. And it, we just wanted to just have fun and maybe hopefully make people smile a little bit, which we've said quite a lot. Uh, yeah. And Melinda was like, yes, <laughs> Absolutely. yes, I will. <laughs> well, and I think what's interesting because we've been promoting the show and, you know, walking down memory lane with so many different people, which is so rewarding. But I realized that what you just said, I have said to quite a few people or had learned in the, in the past 18 years that, that if you were a freshman in high school in 2003, then you graduated with these kids, you know, or um, it really <laughs> defined your teen years. And for some, it defined their college years. And then for, for adults who were kind of, you know, missing that 902 and 0, it kind of filled that gap, right? So I think we all are, you know, like Rachel said, we didn't know what this pandemic was going to do, how, how long we were going to be in lockdown. And um, this nostalgia factor is really big right now. Who ever thought that there might, that we, that we possibly would have been so many different shows and said, let's go back to something comfortable <laughs> or something that makes us smile. And that's, that's what the OC was originally. It was that guilty pleasure. So it's really a guilty pleasure bringing it back too, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, something that I, I also am very interested to see how like the show comes out. I mean, uh, the first episode just came out last week and you're going episode by episode, but mm-hmm. your characters of Summer and Julie Cooper, Julie Cooper Nickel, don't spend that much time like on screen together compared to some of the other relationships on the show. Um, obviously, Summer's mostly with Ryan, Marissa, Seth, and mm-hmm. Julie Cooper is with the Coens and-, and uh, Everybody, and, she's with everybody. <laughs> and, and, and with everybody, right? With Luke at some point. So I, I'm curious, like, how much time did you spend on set? And do you think you're going to find out stories that you really didn't know happened on set while you two weren't filming each other, filming with each other uh, throughout this podcast? Oh, yeah. I think we've already learned some things, you know. Or, it, or if we didn't know then, I've certainly forgotten a lot. So it's like a lot of rediscovering. Um, but, yeah, even though we weren't in as many scenes together, all of us were really good friends. And we became a family. And we hung out so much off set and... So there was no, you know, separation in that regard. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely learning some stuff. And especially with guests that we've had on, there's so many things coming to light that are pretty entertaining. <laughs> Rachel, I think I, I remember because I remember in the very beginning during the pilot, because we were the guest stars and mm-hmm. right. truth be told, we probably had honey wagons. So I'm not remembering, like we probably didn't have the exact, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is true or not, but but we were the guest stars kind of not invited to all the photo shoots. We, we were hanging back a little bit, but we naturally gravitated towards each other. And um, I tend to do that with the younger ladies on my show. I try to take them, take them under mama Mindy wing. She does. She does it well too. <laughs> well, And that's why I was able to find so many photos of us, as you remarked on the, on the World Wide Web, <laughs> which it was back then. But we found so many photos of us together. Yeah. Right. Since we're going through episodes, there's so many iconic moments and episodes throughout the series. Obviously, in the first episode, you two talk about the namesake of your podcast. Welcome to the OC, bitch. Uh, welcome to the OC, bitches. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any any other episodes or scenes that you're specifically really excited to talk about um, that you haven't had a chance to like think about in the past um, up until now? Oh, 
gosh. <laughs> I just got, I just started blushing because people ask me what was uncomfortable. And I say the whole Julie did a porno thing. <laughs> it's going to be really fun to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> I Great can't wait line. for that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> I know, which brings up, like, I guess there's an episode where Seth and Summer lose their virginity. I mean, that's going to be super awkward and hilarious. That'll, because mm-hmm. I, I haven't, if I've seen all of the episodes, it's been so long, I definitely don't remember any of them. There's a lot of spoilers coming my way. Like, Melinda the other day mentioned that Caleb dies, and I was shocked. <laughs> uh, I was like, what? He dies? No! Anyway, <laughs> there's a lot of that going on. Um so it's it's going to be really fun to discover all of these uh, plot lines that I have. You you were in gotten. a rage blackout, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Well, the yeah, step- she does suffer from them. Yeah, yeah the step monster yeah. might have uh, might have gotten in your head the in that step- episode, so you didn't <laughs> yeah. remember. Right? <laughs> there was a whole funeral that we did at the Wayfarers Chapel. Do you remember right. that? Was I there? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Are there, I mean, you already had uh, Josh Schwartz, who is the creator of the show on for the first episode. You've, you've teased out just right now, like plenty of other guests. I mean, the amount of talent that came out of the OC or were involved with the OC is like completely insane when you look back at it. Um, who are some special guests that you can tell us about that you have already recorded or you're hoping to record with, uh, for the show? (laughs) (laughs) We have Peter Gallagher's coming on. We've got Tate. Um, we know that, I mean, we can, everybody's coming on, put it that way. No, um, no, we're, uh, but we just don't know when put it, we're hoping, put it this way. We're hoping every single person involved in the show stops by at one time in the next two years. Incredible. Incredible. Okay. Last question here before we move on to the movies that changed your lives. For the initial response, was there any sort of surprise from maybe fans who uh, they're introducing it to their kids or anything like that? Did you see any like response on social media or comments? I mean, I saw your YouTube video already had like 45,000 views from the first episode. Uh, Did you see any comments or responses that like particularly surprised you or like maybe like, yeah, this is like the correct thing to do? Oh, gosh. Uh, I've actually made it a point to not really read anything because I'm terrified of like anything (laughs) negative. It'll like freeze me in my tracks um, and I won't be able to speak. There hasn't been anything negative, Rachel. Really? Yeah, it's all been positive. Well, that's good. Isn't that good? That's good to hear. I think Rachel and I knew people would be excited. I didn't know how how excited that it would get this much attention and that some people are, please do a reboot. And others are like, no, leave it the way it is and let's talk about it. And on a reboot, what are we thinking? Has there been, disco- I mean, for years, I've been searching on Google and Twitter, like OC <laughs> reboot, like basically every couple months to see if and when it's coming. Uh, has there been any sort of more discussion now that, it's like, you know, it's on HBO Max now and all this sort of stuff. Has there been more conversation about any sort of reboot or reunion like that? You know, I think there's there's always those discussions and, and people saying if they want it and whatnot. And I don't know. It's kind of hard to figure out where everyone would go. I'm sure there's places to go. There's like a whole new class I'm sure they could come up with. But <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's, it's one of those things. It's hard to be like, do you want to touch this? Or do you want mm-hmm. to leave it as is? But I know that Melinda and I have both said we would, of course, you know, be more than willing to revisit um, such a fond memory. And and Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage can do no wrong, in my opinion. So <laughs> incredible. Well, I'm hoping uh, with 
welcome to the OC bitches. The 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 snowball keeps going to to do a reboot or something like that. Because me as a super fan and fans <laughs> all over listening to this, I'm sure would all want to hear it. Uh, so where can people listen to Welcome to the OC bitches? And when do episodes come out? Every Tuesday, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, and there is a Welcome to the OC Bitches YouTube channel. That tends to come out Tuesday morning, but the um, podcast lands 2 a.m. every Tuesday. (laughs) Perfect. Once again, folks, make sure you go check that out. It's a lot of really cool insight on a show that if you loved, you'll find out all these sorts of things you never knew about. So let's move on to the movies that changed your lives. Uh, Typically, we have one guest on the show. So this is the first time we have two guests. So it's very exciting to see both of your perspectives on these movies that you each chose. Uh, But we'll start off with Melinda's pick, which is the 1979 classic, All That Jazz. It has a 7.9 out of 10 with 29,000 ratings on IMDb. Directed by Bob Fosse, written by Robert Allen Arthur and Bob Fosse. Starring Roy Scheider, Jessica Lange, and Anne Reinking. And the plot, according to IMDb, is director-choreographer Bob Fosse tells his own life story as he details the sordid career of Joe Gideon, a womanizing, drug-using dancer. So Melinda, tell me, when was the first time you watched All That Jazz? It came out in 79, so I was 10. Um, so I actually had to call my mother because um, and ask her when it's possible I saw this. Um, chances are and she had she said to me that um i said did you take me to the movie theater to see it she said probably not because my parents are pretty liberal and i said because i remember we started renting movies in the early 80s so it's possible that we started renting but she believes that it may have during that time they used to replay movies on on tv and my dad always would record things but my mother, I came from a performing family. My father was an actor, but my mother was a dancer. She was a professional dancer in the LA area, California. Um, and she was a dancer in the 60s and the 70s, and she had a dance studio. So Bob Fosse and all that jazz represents, to even today, the coolest, sexiest, kind of dirty, burlesque choreography of any choreographer. I mean, he changed the way dance was on stage and in film in, in the 20th century and remains so, in my opinion, to this day. So it was, chances are I saw it when I was about 12 or 13, did not understand it, <laughs> but, um, but it was, I mean, and I was a dancer myself taking dance lessons from my mom. So by the time I was in high school, I knew all of the words. I could, I could probably do the whole thing. <laughs> at what point do you remember like making sense of the movie because you know on the surface it is just about a choreographer trying to like film a movie and and direct this musical mm-hmm. but particularly the last finale sequence is very like introspective and uh is about depression and addiction and overworking yourself um do you know when that theme sort of kicked in your head versus being like a fun musical with like cool numbers and awesome dancing, which obviously it, it has. I mean, it was incredibly, everybody talks about, or, or it's been talked about. It's very ego maniacal, ego maniacal, or right. um, it's very self-indulgent, but he'd already won. He'd been through um, open heart surgery and, and heart issues and angina. I mean, it's based on the time when he was choreographing Chicago Mm-hmm. and editing his movie Lenny and mm-hmm. and it shows the cynicism and the um 
the mafia aspect, I guess is what it's called of, of Broadway itself. And he, and it's as, as much as it's very self-indulgent and about his ego, thank God, because he mm-hmm. probably lived, I mean, to me, it's, it, it's called, um, it's almost like a fantasy, of course, but right. I guarantee you that the man lived, breathed and dreamt his writing, directing, dancing. And to me, it was his real life. It was seen inside of him. And he's flirting with um, Jessica Lang, the devil. He's flirting mm-hmm. with death. He's, um, I don't know, the whole thing was, yes, it took me a while to really understand all of that. But I just read his memoir, um, just, I, I think, right at the beginning of, of lockdown. That was one of the first books I finished. But um, he lived his life truly in comedy and tragedy you know, the masks Mm -hmm. and, um, as kind of hard and almost wincing moments of the film are that to me represents what Hollywood or sorry, what Broadway really is. And you, and if you remember, it's the seventies, it was, Mm -hmm. it was that free love and it's very, you know, behind the scenes kind of hot, dirty, and sexy. (laughs) (laughs) And his choreography to me still to this day, I mean, it was so, um, a reflection of the fact that, that he spent so much time in burlesque um, dancing as a, as a teen in burlesque mm-hmm. and um, these sleazy nightclubs and those, and the strippers and the female sexual aspect of that really made an impression on his mind. And it came out in all of his choreography. If you, if you mm-hmm. think about cabaret and sweet charity and all that. So. Right. Rachel, have you, have you seen all that jazz? You know, I've definitely seen it at one point or another, but this also plays into my whole memory thing, like where I forget all the plot points in the OC. I don't fully remember it, yeah. but I know I've seen it. And I know like all that jazz. And- uh, uh, right. Do you, uh, are you, are you a fan of musicals in general or anything oh, like that? I'm a huge musical nerd. Okay. Love all musicals. So yes, definitely in my wheelhouse. <laughs> right. Uh, do you have any favorites of like, uh, yeah, what are just your favorite musicals then? Oh my gosh, my favorite musicals. One that I watched, well, Bye Bye Birdie was like a huge one for me. Mm. Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, which is so politically incorrect. (laughs) 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 But I loved it. Right. You know, there were so many Newsies and Oklahoma, all the classics. My great grandmother really got me into musicals. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. But your family is a big Hollywood family too, right? Yes, they are. Screenwriters? No. Yeah, my great-grandmother was a screenwriter. My great-grandfather was like trailer department, RKO Pictures. My dad, my grandpa, directors, my aunt, producer. It's like all this stuff. <laughs> so so both <laughs> both of you, I mean, growing up in the industry, I mean, Melinda, you already said all that jazz sort of like reflected you because you were a kid growing up in the industry, much like Bob Fosse was, or in this case, Joe Gideon was. Um, your mom was a ballerina. She'll say dancer. Don't say ballerina. Apologies. No, I say ballerina. I have photos of her in on point, and she was a about she t- taught ballet, but um, she'll say dancer, Mindy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, dancer. Yeah. So your your mom was a dancer. Um, how much do you think uh, that like was was there much pressure when you were growing up? I mean, w- there's a sense of pressure in all that jazz that Joe Gideon feels. I think growing up, we see a little bit of the flashbacks and the burlesque. And when he's having his conversations with Jessica Lang, there's like a pressure there to, to want to be uh, successful in the performing arts. Um, obviously you ended up being successful in the performing arts. Right? It works out in, in that way. But do you see like, was there anything that sort of you related to sort of a young angst of wanting to be a performer that was reflected on in all that jazz? You know, 
it's interesting you say this because his his choreography was difficult for the best dancers. Mm-hmm. And I was, I, I don't want to say, maybe I was almost a, a dilettante. I didn't have the discipline to be as good as a Broadway dancer. I wanted to be in my mind. But um, it was it was never for me. <laughs> I think I, tried, I wanted to audition for Cats once, and you had to be able to do a double pirouette. And we were in high school, and we were going to go to Hollywood, and and I think I chickened out. But um, <laughs> but you know, I danced, and it was fun, and I did a lot of musicals. And I don't think there's any time that's better or more giving of your entire self than doing Maria on West in West Side Story, which I got to do when I was 18, and I trained some light opera and all that. But um, I realized that once out of high school, the competition was fierce and that the, the dream of Broadway was prop of being in a Broadway musical was probably not my path, but, Mm -hmm. but I, Mm -hmm. but I certainly thought that, but no, um, Bob Fosse was definitely, definitely driven. Yeah. (laughs) Before we move on, do you have any favorite, what are your favorite songs or sequences from the film? I mean, there's so many like incredible ones. Uh, well, I know it's hard to pick, but yeah. I'll go in order. Take off, with yeah, me. yeah, okay. take off, <laughs> and then it turns into erotica, where it's just the most beautiful. But then at the mm-hmm. end, the dream sequence that Leland Palmer does that, you know, and then and then the incredible, incredible Anne Ryan King, who we just lost last year, doing that. There'll be some changes made. That whole. The whole sequence to me, I could watch it over and over every day. Just epic. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hadn't rewatched. I rewatched this yesterday ahead of this, and I hadn't watched it in years and years. And I think I had a similar experience with you where I remember it, like I love musicals too. I remember it as being like this cool musical that wasn't really a musical, but it is. But watching it now, you know, however many years removed, it's just such a beautiful film. Like it, it, it's it's hard to express like the artistry behind that from a guy who like he directed you know he's directed some things but he's known as like a a stage musical director and Mm -hmm. being able to jump from the stage to the screen so perfectly and capture everything i mean it's really a movie that could only be made by someone who was a i guess making it about themselves but also that involved in like the musical process and the broadway scene right It, it just seems so real to me at least from someone who is not involved in broadway well, and if you remember the 70s were a little bit more of a, um, it was less corporate. It wasn't the the studios, the film industry wasn't owned by corporations. And I think they had a little bit more freedom and he'd already won. Had he won the Academy Award in 70? He won in 73 for Cabaret. Mm-hmm. So at this point, they allowed him to do a pretty self-indulgent autobiographical film and I think it won Best Oscar for editing. It was nominated for quite a few, but he's, I mean, one of the scenes that pops out is the bit now very famous scene where it opens with the Vivaldi and mm-hmm. the Alka-Seltzer and <laughs> the Dexedrine and it's showtime, folks. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I, I love that. And that's been like repeated in other movies. Like mm-hmm. I think Wolf of Wall Street does that even and such. And so things that people don't <laughs> even recognize are coming from it. Mm-hmm. It's all there. Um, well, fantastic. <laughs> if you haven't watched it, please make sure you do. It is absolutely a classic. Even people who don't like musicals, I think can watch all that jazz and really appreciate it because like I said, it's like a musical and not, but it's it's really like a beautiful piece of film. So thank you for, for discussing that. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven day free trial. 
No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Um, but let's move on to another dancing movie. This is <laughs> Rachel's. This is Rachel's pick, and it's a little bit uh, a different style of dancing, but also incredibly iconic. It is 1987's Dirty Dancing. Yes! I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. so Melinda, you you didn't know she was going to pick this? No, I didn't know. Uh, we didn't know each other. <laughs> yes, the the surprise makes it so much more fun. Dirty Dancing has a 7.0 out of 10 with 208,000 ratings on IMDb. Uh, directed by Emile Ardolino, written by Eleanor Bergstein, starring the legendary Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey. Uh, the plot, according to IMDb, is spending the summer at a Catskills resort with their family. Francis Baby Hausman falls in love with the camp's dance instructor, Johnny Castle. Um, oh, Johnny. Oh, Johnny <laughs> Castle. Uh, so, Rachel, tell me, when was the first time you watched Dirty Dancing? So I was trying to think about it. I was six when it came out and my daughter is six right now. I'm like, there's no way in hell my mom <laughs> let me watch this when I was six. But I do remember, I, I have to say I was probably around nine years old because I remember it being rated PG-13 and all my friends were like, you're allowed to watch a PG-13 movie. It was a big deal. Um, but I don't, it's really funny because like, being older and, and watching it now and realizing all of the things that are in this movie that are totally not appropriate. Um, I couldn't believe it, but they just all went over my head. But the funniest part about the whole thing was, you know, it's the time of VHS tapes. Like mm -hmm. Mindy was saying, you probably rented all that jazz and, and you had like one movie to watch basically. So I had dirty dancing. My brother who's older, four years older than me had the untouchables. Mm. So we basically were going between the untouchables and dirty dancing every day after school. It was like quite the opposite ends of the extreme. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. I definitely recruited my brother to do the lift and the dance routines with me oh my God. many times. And, and in the, you know, however many years later you did the lift with a certain <laughs> Michael Strahan if I'm not mistaken, correct? Attempted. That... Attempted. <laughs> we did not get to practice. I had to do it on live. Yeah. <laughs> I had to change my outfit. I was like, oh my God, I can't do this in a dress or a skirt. I had to, I changed into jeans. It was like an impromptu, like you guys, you and Michael Strahan are going to try to do the lift and we failed, but you know what? At least I, I attempted it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> On, on national television too, uh, Melinda. If you didn't know this, it was on. I did the, not know this. Yeah, no. it was with Kelly Kelly Ripa and Michael Strahan. Uh, yes. Rachel attempted the lift, and the, the video exists on YouTube. If you want to try and find it, <laughs> thank you, thank you for that. Yes, I appreciate it. it is on there for folks who want to see that. Um, and so you know, 
rewatching this, it's funny that this movie is just like the plot is is kind of there. It is just strictly like it's just about dancing and like this mm-hmm. summer romance, and there's like not a lot of dialogue. It's all like told in montages and and, and all that stuff. Um, as a as a kid, when you were watching it, did the plot even like matter to you, or you just like seeing these people dancing in this way you probably hadn't seen before or anything like that? Well, I will say Patrick Swayze was probably my first crazy crush where I had his picture taped up. I I had a bunk bed and I was on the bottom bunk and his picture was on the ceiling of my bottom bunk. So every night I went to bed with Patrick Swayze. Um, So that was a big part of it. I was like in love with Johnny Castle and, you know, and Baby and the whole, I was always in the love stories, even Mm -hmm. as a kid. And I think that was a big part of it. You know, like I said, like they talk about you know, an illegal abortion. Like there's all these things in yeah. this movie that you're just like, oh, wow, I definitely missed that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Melinda, how about you? When when did you, I'm assuming based on your reaction, you've seen Dirty Dancing. Oh, yeah. uh, but when, when was the first time you watched Dirty Dancing? Well, I graduated high school in 87. So mm-hmm. um, chances are I saw it right away. But yes, become, um, being a dancer and to see that on screen, especially really love the um, the footwork in mm-hmm. um, the ballroom dancing, you know, the, the dancing mm-hmm. gets to learn. And Can um, you merengue? She can't even merengue. I can't. I actually, merengue. I actually can't. She can't do it. She cannot do it. <laughs> yeah. Melinda actually can, yes. I can. <laughs> no, but that was, I always imagine myself, oh my gosh, that's so much fun to do. Um, but no, it definitely, it definitely had an impact. I read recently the history about, and I'm trying to, I'm, as you guys are talking, I'm re- remembering that recently I read either the book or the history of the movie, and it mm-hmm. was like the little engine that could. It was kind of this yeah. wasn't supposed to be as successful as it was, and it was made for very little money, and how they did it up in the, the they had to find this place. It was yeah, supposed to be the- two different locations. It's that Netflix show. Did you probably watch Is that, that what it was? Oh yeah, yeah. Because I just watched it. Oh, yeah, okay. and do a whole episode on Dirty Dancing. See, and, we, yeah, we've watched a lot during the pandemic. <laughs> it was a fascinating story because on paper yeah. it probably wasn't going to. And plus, and didn't they have kind of a? Um, they had to do. They a didn't get along. They didn't get along, but then uh-huh. they did. Or uh-huh. yeah, yeah. They're, yes. And I mean, and but on screen, the chemistry is like unmatched. I oh, mean, it's palpable. Yeah, it, it couldn't be anyone else. It was like going to be Sarah Jessica Parker and Billy Zane or right. something. Like there was like. But it couldn't be anyone but them. Right. You know, I mean, but, but it's such a huge part. I mean, I love dance too. And mm-hmm. I've always like kind of dance, nothing professional or anything, but the dancing, but the music, the soundtrack of this movie, anytime any song comes on from Dirty Dancing, I just stop and I'm like, turn it up. You know, it's, it just left such an impact. But the biggest thing that I was like, cause I was trying to think about it and the music and how it really impacted me. Now, Patrick Swayze has his original song. She's like the wind. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that this may have been one of the first times where I developed the inability to know the right lyrics to songs because it's, she's like the wind through my trees is the actual lyric. And my whole life I've been singing, she's like the wind to my dreams. (laughs) It makes no sense, but that's what I was convinced it was. And I was like, you know what? This was probably the first mistake that I have made of many. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I like your dirty dancing pick because I think people like Melinda graduated in high school and this dirty dancing defined a generation of kids watching this movie and being like, this is romance. This is like love and all this sort of stuff. And the OC 
like is it has the same effect on people when you were filming the OC and it started taking off as like this hit this this teen drama dramedy icon of a show did it ever like cross your mind whether then or maybe now that you're seeing it still has this like hold on on people all these years later that you would have the show that you st- both of you star in has a similar effect on you know, a film that you both you know love and Rachel in your course you know said changed your life <laughs> I know it's a tough one because it's like, oh, you know, that's a big statement to have something that, but it definitely has legs. I mean, the show we did 18 years ago and to hear that people are watching it now and and rewatching it or for the first time is, it's a really good feeling. It it makes you feel good. Like you did something that was really fun to do. It was a majorly positive thing for me. And for it to be bringing anybody, any amount of joy or entertainment, it's like, oh, wow, that is a huge success. And mm-hmm. like, I feel great about that, you know, and the whole cult following and everything else. I mean, I think we need a Dirty Dancing OC crossover. Is what oh, we're yeah. at. <laughs> Save it for the reboot. Uh, for the reboot. <laughs> yeah. And any thoughts there, Melinda? You know, it's just a really, it's wonderful that we get to do this podcast literally to just celebrate something that had an impact. That's, that's ultimately what's so rewarding. We're, we're, we're walking down memory lane. Like I said, we're reconnecting with people that had, you know, had so much to do with the success of the show. And it wasn't just the actors or just the writers. It was um, so many people behind the scenes. And, um, and I think they, they are so grateful to get to talk about their work and how it impacted Mm -hmm. them. So um, that in itself is rewarding. And, um, you know, I think we've had we've been a little bit lonely during this pandemic and would never have been able to reconnect with all these people. So um, if that shows through in 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 honesty about how much fun we're having doing this and that puts smiles on people's faces, that's that's the best gift. <laughs> well, I, I will say uh, it is a great gift for, for fans so far, <laughs> but I will, I will say I think you're both being very humble, but I believe, you know, dirty dancing and and. You know, there is a sort of iconography there that I see similar in in the show that you guys are now talking about now all these years later. So uh, I would just like to say that for for, for the both of you. Um, So for the final question here, when we have one guest, we typically ask them to try and connect a through line between the movies they've picked. Um, So this is a little different since it's the two of you. Do you think there is any through line between Dirty Dancing and all that jazz? As to maybe like your friendship as do you think there's any representative like you two pick these two movies that are similar uh, in a lot of ways and sort of hit you at, in sort of the same aspects. Do you think there's a reason um, these two are connected to, to, to the both of you? They're both dirty dancing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's so funny. We had no idea what the other one was going to pick. And that just goes to show you that we are the OG OC bitches. <laughs> perfect well thank you so much this was a ton of fun i loved both of these movies and in case you couldn't tell i am a massive fan of your podcast and we'll be listening every single week um but once again where uh rachel where can people listen to welcome to the oc bitches uh and when are new episodes coming out yeah you can listen to welcome to the oc bitches every new episode comes out on tuesdays um apple spotify wherever you find your podcast you can find us and we're also on youtube if you want to see our faces as we talk (laughs) (laughs) perfect uh well rachel melinda thank you so much this was a ton of fun and i wish you all the best of luck in your podcast and we will talk soon thank you thank you so much for having us it was so fun (laughs) thanks
Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to head over to imdb.com slash podcasts for more content on Melinda and Rachel and to easily add the movies that changed their lives to your IMDb watch list. 